Welcome to today's episode of Light Steps Live. We're going to jump right into our second part in the Fruitful Disciples series. If we think back just for a couple moments about a recap of our introduction, it was this simple. To be a fruitful disciple, first, one must be a disciple. One must be a follower of Jesus, and Jesus must be the leader. One must be a student of Jesus, and Jesus must be the teacher. One must be under the command of Jesus, and Jesus is Lord. And then in this following of Jesus, we know that for our own good, for the strength of our testimony, for the glory of God, and for the witness of Jesus in us, we want to bear fruit. We want to be fruitful disciples as we follow Jesus. Let's jump right into the series. Over the next few weeks, we're going to unfold 11 words related to being a fruitful disciple. And today's word is relationships. In being a fruitful disciple, it is all about relationships. Let me go ahead and say this. It's two things. Number one, our primary relationship must be vertical, at peace, and being being filled by the Holy Ghost and abiding in Jesus. In other words, in a relationship with the Godhead in truth. Secondly, our secondary focus on relationships must be horizontal. I think today as we begin to unfold this, There are a bunch of passages we could look at, but there's one that I find intriguing every time I look at it. We often call uh, call these passages the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments. You can find it in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 6 through 21, or in the passage I'll be looking at today, it's in Exodus chapter 20, beginning at verse 2 through verse 17. I'll read some of it verbatim, and some of it I will paraphrase. But let's jump right in. Let's go all the way back to the garden. You ready for this? Let's go all the way back to the garden. We often think of um, God as being some sort of cosmic whack-a-mole player. Like he is sitting in heaven just waiting to bop us over the head every time we pop up and do the slightest wrong. It's just not true. Or, or we think of God as somebody who's just saying no about everything. No. No. I said no. 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 Um, no, that's not accurate. Just go back to when God made people. Go back to the garden. Was everything in the garden a big fat? It just wasn't. Most everything was a huge yes. A huge yes. God made all of creation and said, yes, go enjoy the vast majority of this. Enjoy dominion over creation. Enjoy relationship with animals. Enjoy tending creation. Enjoy uh, most, the vast majority of the fruit of creation. There was only one negative command. Don't eat the fruit of the knowledge. Don't eat the fruit of the tree, fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One big no and basically millions of yeses. 
And the biggest yes of all was yes, enjoy this with me. But we know how the story goes. Adam and Eve sin and their relationship with God dies immediately. They're cut off from God as a life source. And just like cutting a branch of a tree off from a tree, though it looks live for a while, it's actually already dead and dying and withering. Adam and Eve began to die. And um, after that, they were cast out of the garden. They were cast away from the, the tree of life, the source of life. They were cast out of the presence of God. And we know the story of mankind between being cast out of the garden and getting the Ten Commandments. We know that story well. By that time, God has flooded the whole earth, destroyed all of mankind, and restarted again with uh, Noah's family and he you know people have gone crazy again he's had to knock over the tower of Babel and spread people out so they would stop being focused on human power and we just know that people were sinful and we know that God had chosen a people through Abraham and he uh, raised those people up from a humble family of um, a few into a mighty nation, a large nation when I say mighty, but they were in captivity. They were physically enslaved in Egypt, but they were also spiritually enslaved in sin. And they did not physically have the power to be free, nor did they have the spiritual knowledge of what freedom was spiritually. So God delivers them out of the hand of Pharaoh through a series of amazing miracles. And he brings them out into the wilderness where he begins to show them what relationship with God is really all about. What depending on God really looks like. What it looks like to have a good relationship, a real relationship, a healthy relationship with the living God. And he gives them the Decalogue. He gives them the Ten Commandments. Let's go ahead and look at a few of those. If you look at Exodus chapter 20, beginning of verse 1, it says God spoke all these words and then it jumps into this series of huge commands. It says in verse 2, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. I, I love this. I brought you out of physical slavery. Now, now I'm going to introduce you to some of those things that will begin to bring you out of spiritual slavery. Commandment number one in Exodus 20, verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. Commandment two, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above. That's verse number four. And then you go all the way down to verse number seven. For commandment number three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And then you go to verse number eight for commandment number four. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now just stop right there. If we understand that our primary relationship must be vertical, this relationship with God, a transcendent worldview, a heart held trust and affection, a head held trust in our thinking, we're always supposed to be thinking of God first and most and caring about God first and most. Just look then at these first four commandments of the Decalogue. And think about these commandments in terms of relationship. Think about them in terms of a relationship with a person. Commandment number one, you'll have no other gods before me. I mean, just think about that. In a committed, 
healthy, responsible relationship, you only should have one person you share deep intimacy with. If you break that, somebody's heart is going to be breaking. Commandment number two, don't make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that's in the heaven or above or beneath. Think about it. If you have a real relationship with someone, and, and granted, commandment number two is about this vertical relationship with God, but think about it for sake of illustration in terms of people. If you have a relationship, uh, and men, I don't want to be lewd here on this podcast, but we know we ought to get this more than a lot of people. If you have a relationship with someone and you take up the affections of someone else via images, man, it does things to you and it does things to ruin that relationship. Let's keep it real. We can we can totally imagine this. There, There's tons of memes out there that show, you know, the same guy walking down the sidewalk holding his girlfriend's hand but looking back at another woman. It just doesn't work, right? Well, it, it doesn't work with a jealous God, a zealous, jealous God to have him and another God. He just says, don't do that. It's bad for our relationship. Well, think about commandment number three in Exodus 20, verse seven. Uh, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. I, there's lots of ways to unfold this commandment, but think about it relationally. You don't toss someone's name around casually. When you think of the name of somebody you care about, that name means something. And if you want to protect that relationship and honor that person, then you don't toss that name around like it means nothing. It means something to you. And then that that fourth command, that fourth command is really, really critical too. Uh, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Amen. Right. God doesn't need that rest. We need that rest. God gave us that rest so that we wouldn't have passing time with him. We would have focused time with him. We wouldn't have some coming aside to rest. We would be focused on coming aside to rest. Now, you put that in terms of your relationship with a person. And men, I hope some men are listening to me. I really want you to hear me, brothers. Okay? If you don't still have date night, if you don't still pursue the person who you're in a committed relationship with, that relationship won't be as good or as sweet or as special as it could be. People often fall out of love because they stop doing the actions of love. People often fall out of interest because they stop pursuing the activities of interest. You look at these first four commands, it's easy to see how we are in relationship. It's, it's just super easy. So when we think about being a fruitful disciple, we are a person who follows Jesus and we bear fruit. And one of the first places we should bear fruit is in our relationship with God. Then start to look at those other six commands in the Decalogue. If you go down to Exodus chapter number 20 and verse number 12, there you find commandment number five, which is the pivotal command to begin looking horizontally. Everybody's born into family. Everybody's born into community. In the first place, we're supposed to experience caring relationship and respond with caring relational response is in our relationship with our parents. Commandment number five says, honor your father and your mother. And then everything begins to pivot out of that. 
And sure, somebody out there right now is saying, well, you don't know how I grew up. Well, I could say you don't know how I grew up, (laughs) right? It's very difficult when we grow up with broken people. But you still see, we still see what God wants for us. He wants us to learn relationship from the people who care about us and take tender care of us. Honor your father and mother. But then look at those other five commandments that help us understand relationships horizontally. Commandment number six in verse 13, you shall not murder. I mean, wow. Do you need any other stronger uh, illustration of what would break a relationship than that? Let's just say um, I was hanging out with my friend Brett Carver and I was attempting to enjoy uh, a great friendship with Brett Carver, you know, and I killed him. Okay, I can see where that would really hurt our friendship. Well, let's just hang on here and think about uh, this relationship, my friendship with Brett, with these remaining four commands, okay? Verse 14 says you should not commit adultery. Okay, we watch movies, we've seen soap operas, we probably know somebody who's gone through one of these scenarios. Like if you have a friend and you go after your friend's spouse, it's probably going to mess up your friendship. How about verse number 15 in Exodus 20? You shall not steal. Like if you take your friend's stuff, like if I go to Brett's house and I uh, steal his money out of his car or, or, or I, 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 you know, I just rip his TV off the wall and run out the door with it, it's going to do something to our friendship. Or how about you should not bear false witness? You know, whether we're talking about libel, slander, outright lying, gossip. When we, when we speak against people, when we bear false witness, when we throw shade, when we we cast doubt on people's character, it ruins relationships. And that last one, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. Just think about it like this. If every conversation, if every uh, point of your relationship has to do with worrying about what your, your friend has and wanting it or being jealous of it, it's going to interfere with your friendship. So there you go. There's a decalogue. We think about being a fruitful disciple and we say it's all about relationships. Here's a great illustration. These vertical relationships between ourselves and God. What does he want from us? What does he want for us? He wants us to have a shameless relationship with him. A healthy relationship. Then when we look horizontally at all the people around us, God wants us to have healthy relationships with people too. But not just there, right? We could sum this up in even a fewer amount of words if we turn over to to Matthew chapter 22 and we were to look down at verse number 34. When the Pharisees heard that they had heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, what is the great commandment of the law? Jesus answered him. Matthew 22, 37, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is just a reiteration of teaching found in Exodus chapter number six. It's brilliant. It's just brilliant. He says, the main thing, the number one thing in life is to love God. And Jesus says, okay, that's primary. That's that's preeminent. That's of the utmost important in your whole life. But let me go ahead and give you all a bonus. Let me give you number two as well. He goes on to say, and the second commandment. So the first commandment is love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. 
Isn't that cool? Can't you see the Decalogue now? Can't you see the Ten Commandments now? Those first four are, are some framework for a a solid relationship between a fruitful disciple and God. And then those last six are a solid relationship between a fruitful disciple and others. Jesus says, there it is. Love God and love folks. Then he gives this verse, Matthew chapter 22, verse 40. He says, on these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. You want to go and understand what all of God's rules are about? I know, I know we're tempted to think that all God's rules are about. No. But they're not. They're about relationship. All God's wisdom is about relationship. All God's prophecy is about relationship. God desires that man have peace with him and peace with one another. God desires that we have shameless, passionate relationship with him and shameless, healthy relationship with people. He wants us to know how to love him and to love others. You think about the story in Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 38, where, where Martha and Mary are there with Jesus, and Martha's upset because Mary's not in the kitchen. How, how does Jesus respond to her? He says, Martha, Martha, you're worried about a lot of things, but, Jerry, uh, but, but um, Mary has chosen the one necessary thing. You, you know why it was necessary? Because when we love God first and love God most, the things that flow out of that love are fruitful. It's not that the dinner didn't need cooking and the dishes didn't need washing. It's not that at all. It's that loving God helps those things become fruitful exercises in friendship toward people and worship toward God. When we think about being a fruitful disciple, friends, I'm here to tell you, it is all about relationships. I feel like a small book could be written about this, but let me close with just a thought from the shorter Westminster Catechism. That first question is basically, what's the purpose of man? And that first answer is, the chief end and aim of man is to know God and enjoy him forever. God's not sitting in heaven with the eternal no screaming above us. He is in heaven over us saying, yes, I want you to be in relationship with me with no shame. And I want you to be in relationship with mankind with no shame. I want you to have purpose that you can be passionate about. Yes, friends, to be a fruitful disciple is all about relationship. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. Our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. This episode is sponsored by the Light Steps devotional series. Would you like to have Light Steps in print? Tim Bose has written three devotionals, Light Steps, More Light Steps, and Steps on the Roman Road. During this gift-giving season, now is the perfect time to pick up a copy of one or all of these titles. Light Steps live music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Have you been searching for a way to learn how to play the banjo, mandolin, or guitar from an expert while also enjoying the comfort of your home? Banjo Ben is the answer. Visit BanjoBenClark.com. You'll find the package that fits your budget, the expert who can teach you how to play, and the online community who will support and join you in the grand adventure of learning to unleash your passion for music. 
Tim Bowes is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club.